Welcome to Front Office Pros. The NFL draft is complete, and after reviewing each team's selections, we decide that it is time to bring out some report cards to give our draft grades for every NFL team. In this video, we will be discussing all of the NFC teams, and if you haven't watched it yet, check out our video on the AFC teams. Before we get started, we are a new channel, so if you like this video, go ahead and smash that subscribe button to show your support. Hut, hut, hike! All right, Joe, so starting off with the NFC East, what grade did you give the Philadelphia Eagles? I give the Eagles an A+. You know, I can't, I was really surprised Jalen Carter was still available for the taking at nine. Really liked that they traded up with the one spot with the Bears, you know, to get arguably the top, what some people believe to be the top player in this draft. Um, and I think they're the perfect team to kind of navigate his you know, character off the field issues that are kind of going on, being that they've got so many other Georgia teammates of his, you know, not only on the defense, just on the team overall, um, you know, really like that pick. And then, you know, even uh, Nolan Smith that they got at the end of the first round as well, that's a solid pick, um, you know, and just really overall, I think they had a really solid draft. Yeah. I also gave the Philadelphia Eagles an A plus, it's hard not to give them that grade when they end up with Jalen Carter, who some regard as the best overall prospect in this entire draft. Couldn't believe that they were able to trade up to nine and get him. So that was an unbelievable steal for them. Replaces Javon Hargrave in that defense. Uh, they were obviously thrilled with that pick. And then, like you mentioned, getting Nolan Smith at the end of the first round. Thought that he would get taken a lot sooner, and they could definitely use the pass rush help. Uh, Brandon Graham's not getting any younger. He probably only has, I'd say, one more season, maybe two tops. So bringing in Nolan Smith, it fits a need, but it's also best player available. And I like some of the late-round selections they had. I like uh, Kaylee Ringo, where they drafted him in the fourth round. Some have talked about him being possibly a second-rounder. So, you know, that's great value for them. And Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois, uh, you know, they lost both their safeties in for agency. So really like them being able to draft him. And there was a lot of, you know, good commentary about this Tyler Steen offensive lineman out of Alabama. So I, I think the the Eagles did a great job. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. And just uh, it's crazy how they had a common theme of the Georgia Bulldogs, you know, three in this draft and guys prior even. But, you know, I'm still really surprised that the Chicago Bears just didn't take Jalen Carter at nine. I mean, he was everyone was rumoring they were going to take him with the first overall pick. They trade back to nine. They're for the taking, and they trade out of it. I'm still pretty surprised about that. So going over to the Dallas Cowboys, Joe, what grade do you give them? Yeah, I gave the Cowboys a C plus. You know, I think uh, their pick of Mousy Smith, you know, really interesting. Um, you know, I did see a few mock drafts with him in the first round. Um, thought it was interesting that they went there, but I think it was, you know, largely in part of – you know, there's a lot of teams in that division that like to run the ball. It's something they were weak at and definitely needed, you know, an interior guy to stop the run, and I think he could definitely do that. Um, also, it was interesting that they took uh, Luke Schumacher, you know, in, in the second round when they did. Uh, you know, I really thought if they're going to go tight end, I really thought they were going to go, you know, Mayer possibly in the first round. Um, I, you know, I like Schumacher, and I, he does have a blocking ability. Didn't see him run a lot of routes at Michigan, so thought that was an interesting pick to potentially uh, take over that Dalton Schultz role. 
You know, Joe, I'm a little surprised, you know, being that you're go blue and you're Michigan, both their first two picks were Michigan Wolverines. So I thought you'd give them a higher grade. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a, you know, I can't, I know that I'm go blue, but you know, start, try to stay partial, Steve. And you know, you can't just be biased just because they're taking Michigan guys. That's good, Joe. I like that. That's good. For, <laughs> that's good for our audience, but I give them also a C plus. I have the same criticism as you. Michael Mayer was on the board at pick 26. I know they really wanted Dalton Kincaid. You could tell when the Bills traded up ahead of them and selected Kincaid, that that draft room, <laughs> it just they looked so gloomy <laughs> about what happened. Uh, so they definitely were going to take Kincaid. So I think Mozzie Smith's a fine player. I think I do think he fills a hole for them in the interior defensive line. But other than that, you know, like I, I agree with you. The, the Schoonmacher pick is an interesting one, especially letting Schultz go for, for essentially nothing. I mean, he got a prove-it deal, you know, with the Houston Texans. I think they could have probably brought him back, uh, you know, and had that rapport with Dak Prescott. So, you know, not overly impressed with the rest of this draft. That's why I gave it a C plus. You know, Deuce Vaughn is interesting. Um, I know there was a, a very touching moment, you know, with – his father, you know, being in the Cowboys front office. And that was, you know, those are neat moments to watch and witness as a fan. But I think when it comes to Vaughn, my concern with him is, and he's small, really small. I mean, we're talking about if he's successful, you're looking at like a Darren Sproles 2.0. They let Ezekiel Elliott walk out the door. They've got Tony Pollard and, and he just, you know, broke his leg. So I'm of the mindset, I don't think Pollard can handle over 200 carries. That's my concern. So why didn't they draft a running back sooner? I don't think Deuce Vaughn is that type of player. Maybe he gets, you know, four or five touches with a couple of targets, but uh, that to me was also a criticism here for the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. I thought if they were going to go running back, they would go more complimentary and you know draft a you know bigger style, um, more like an Ezekiel Elliott type of running back. You know, who knows? Maybe at the end of the day, Ezekiel Elliott's still in the market. You know, maybe they do bring him back and be that short short yardage guy and goal line back or even a bigger guy in Leonard Fournette. But uh, that Deuce Vaughn pick definitely was surprising, especially because, you know, they have Tony Pollard and their games are kind of similar being the smaller backs. So transitioning over to the New York Giants, Joe, what grade did you give them? I give the Giants an A+. Plus. You know, I, I thought their draft was uh, – you know, pretty solid. I like their Deontay Banks pick, uh, corner out of Maryland. Um, you know, he was really drawing a lot of interest uh, and a lot of buzz prior to the draft, saying that he was really moving up for teams in the first round. So they got him at pick 24. Um, then I also really like the center they got out of Minnesota, uh, John Michael Smith. He was one of the better graded centers in this draft. So I thought that was a solid pick and upgrading the line for Daniel Jones. And then I like that they were able to get Jalen Hyatt in the third round as well. Uh, they desperately need to get Daniel Jones some weapons and some new wide receivers, you know, because they really just uh, brought a lot of the same cast from last year. You know, they did bring in Darren Waller, but especially from wide receivers, I think Hyatt's a good upgrade for them. Yeah, similar to you, I gave the Giants a higher grade as well. I gave them an A-. minus. I agree with you. really like the Deontay Banks pick. Fits a need for them as well. They don't really have somebody across of a Dory Jackson, so it makes a ton of sense there. 
I like the interior offensive lineman selection and John Michael Schmitz. I think people have talked about him possibly being the best, uh, you know, center, you know, prospect in the draft. So I think that's good. And I really like the Jalen Hyatt pick. I mean, when you think about the NFL draft, usually I'd say it's rounds one through three, maybe four, but definitely one through three, you start seeing impact players or possible players that can impact your team right away. Those other ones, maybe you'll have a late bloomer in the four, five, six that you hit. That really turns out to be a great player. I really like Hyatt. He had first round buzz, but the problem is he's been mostly regarded as a speed guy. There was a knock on him and and Kenny developed the route running. So I think Brian Dable and that coaching staff are really going to have to focus on how are they going to bring Hyatt to the next level. And I think they can definitely do that. He definitely has that opportunity to become, you know, I don't know necessarily a wide receiver one, but he definitely a prolific player in that offense because that wide receiver room is pretty bad. (laughs) So my only knock on it, that's why I gave him an A minus is I would have liked them to get a receiver earlier in the draft. We saw earlier in the first round that the four receivers went back, you know, one, two, three, four. And the Giants, I think, could have traded up to get one of those guys. And I think they definitely were, there was a big gap between Jalen Hyatt and those other guys. I think they really needed to to make that move. They decided not to and, and went up. I believe they traded up for Banks as well. So that's the move they ended up making. Um, so we'll see if they can develop Hyatt. Yeah, just tough. I, I maybe they try to get up into the um, trade it up for, to get those guys, but maybe those teams didn't budge, knowing that they're going to go with one of those wide receivers. But you know, at the end of the day, I think they made out okay. You know, uh, missing out on those guys, but then coming back with Jalen Hyatt in the third round. So, lastly, for the NFC East, we have the Washington Commanders. Joe, what grade did you give them? Gave the Commanders a C minus. Uh, you know, I was really interesting that they took Emmanuel Forbes um, at pick 16. I know it was a guy that um, people people really liked at the cornerback position. Um, just didn't expect him to kind of uh, go at 16 and ahead of some of the other corners that went a little later in the draft. But, you know, he did uh, have a lot of production at Mississippi State over his career. So definitely interesting to see how that works out. And then um, – you know, I, the rest of their draft, I just, uh, I felt like it was, it was all right. Nothing really kind of stood out or blew me away with it, honestly. So I gave the Washington Commanders a D, which was the worst grade out of any team uh, in the NFL draft, AFC and NFC. I don't necessarily mind the Emmanuel Forbes pick. I know there were thoughts that he kind of was similar to a Josh Norman, so you know, would Ron Rivera kind of go back to that well and he had success there. So being that that kind of is the type of player that he is, I can understand why Rivera went that way. But you had Christian Gonzalez on the board. He fell to you. Why not take him? But they just preferred Forbes over Gonzalez. So, you know, they may prove, you know, me wrong and you wrong, but that was quite shocking. And then for them to go back to corner um, with uh, Jartavius Martin, cornerback Illinois, and he'll be a nickel corner for them. I just think that this team really needed some juice and some impact to be able to get into that upper echelon of that division. That division did a complete turnaround this year, you know, with Philadelphia being the, you know, NFC representative for the Super Bowl. Cowboys have been, you know, pretty good these past few years. And then you also have the Giants. 
Commanders had a decent season last year, but they were the odd man out. So I don't feel like what they did in this draft is going to propel them forward into, you know, possibly winning the division or getting a wild card spot. So I'm a little bit disappointed with what they did. And I know they're saying, you know, they like Sam Howell, they like Sam Howell, they, they like Sam Howell. And, you know, hopefully it works out for them. But, you know, you had also Will Levis on the board at 16. You could have taken Will Levis. He was right there for the taking, decided not to take him. You could have also traded up to get him in the second round. I think a part of the reason why the draft was what it was for the commanders is because they're going to have a new ownership change. Possibly are they trying to be conservative because when that new ownership group comes in, they could just completely rip off the band-aid and start over. Yeah, they definitely could. I just, you know, it just seems like they drafted a lot off of, you know, need instead of kind of going best player off the board as well. But, you know, that would make some sense. It doesn't really make sense to, you know, with the new ownership change, if they're going to clean house, it doesn't really make sense to, you know, take a quarterback in the first round or even, you know, trade up in the second round for them. Um, you know, just to just to move off from the coaching staff and things like that for another guy to come in with a different idea and like they like another quarterback next year. Transitioning over to the NFC North, Joe, what grade did you give the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, I give the Minnesota Vikings a B minus. You know, I really liked their pick of Jordan Addison in the first round. Uh, I feel like he fits perfectly into that Adam Thielen role with all the vacated targets that he's leaving behind in the offense. And I think he'll fit nicely in the offense, you know, with uh, Justin Jefferson and uh, KJ Osborne there and uh, Hawkinson at tight end. So for me, I gave the Minnesota Vikings a C plus. I really like the Jordan Addison pick. I think he is going to complement Justin Jefferson really well and be kind of that Robin and Batman <laughs> type of role for that offense. But after that, I don't like what else. That, I don't. I don't like the remaining picks. None of them really stick out to me. I understand because of the Brock Purdy effect, you know, people are trying to take quarterback late. So maybe that Jaron Hall out of BYU ends up being something, but I just felt like they could have done a lot more with the picks and, you know, maybe Blackman or Ward, you know, the the corners that they selected, maybe they turn out to be something because their, their secondary is abysmal, but and, you know, the Wayne McBride pick in round seven, I do like that. I think that has some potential. But you know, overall, I think it's really Addison and then bust for me for the rest of the class. Yeah, I mean, they do still. I think, you know, the rest of their draft was just to kind of support the support the roster that they have and try to try to improve that defense that was so bad. And, you know, one last push here with Kirk Cousins. And then, you know, maybe they'll figure out the quarterback position, you know, later once Kirk Cousins has gone. So going to the Detroit Lions, Joe, you're one of your favorite teams right now. What grade did you give the Lions? Yeah, you know, surprisingly, the Lions are. I just I really like Dan Campbell and I love the culture change that he's got going there. They're just an exciting team. You know, they play really hard physical football. But, you know, I, I gave them an A. I really like what they did in the draft. I know people will say, you know, they reached for Jameer Gibbs and even Jack Campbell in the first round. But, you know, I, I get that there was probably reached, but that's just off of people that are in mock drafts. I mean, people had uh, Jameer Gibbs as the number two back in the draft. And I heard that prior to the draft, the gap was closing between him and Bijan. So 
it kind of made sense that he ended up going four picks later in this draft. And then um, I really like Jack Campbell. You know, a lot of people said he's the best linebacker in the draft. Uh, not many people had him going to the first round, but, you know, I feel like if the guy fits your system and you like him, you know, why, why not take him and why keep him around there for somebody else to take him? And then I really like what they did in the second round as well. You know, being able to get Sam Laporta out of uh, Iowa, they're just known for developing tight ends and then performing well in the, in the NFL. I like his potential there. And then Brian Branch, you know, he's an interesting player. Uh, to add to their secondary, he's that Swiss Army nice player that can help you in a lot of different spots. And then, you know, after that, even in the third round, here you go, Steve. I mean, and they took Henning Hooker and their potential guy to replace Goff here for the future if they don't decide to sign him to a long-term deal. See, you had a lot to say about the Detroit Lions. I, yeah, I did. I <laughs> You like them a lot, as a lot of te- a lot of people do, and I actually gave them an A grade as well. I considered putting it lower because of the Jameer Gibbs selection and the Jack Campbell selection. I think it's a fair criticism that they didn't have to take Gibbs at 12. They probably could have got him at 18, and then they probably could have got Campbell with the pick after that in the second round, pick three. So I definitely think that's valid. And I, the part of me wanted to put him lower because of those two picks. However, for them to be able to get Sam Laporta in the second round, I probably would have rather have them taken Michael Mayer, but Laporta is still a good player as well. And then Brian, this, this to me is where the, the meat of it is. Getting Brian Branch in the middle of the second round, I thought was an unbelievable value. Thought he was going to be a first-round player. Ended up being a second-round player. I thought he was going to be taken in that back end of the first round, but... That's a great player, uh, you know, for the Detroit Lions and Brian Branch. And then Hen Hooker, I think that, and this is the other thing for me, Hen Hooker getting selected in round three, I thought for sure that he would be at least taken in the second round and possibly someone trading up in the first to get him. Obviously, we saw Levis slide out of the first and Hooker end up going to the third round. But for the Lions to be able to get Hooker in the third round, I just think the value for Branch and Hooker is just unbelievable. So regardless of what you think about Gibson Campbell, the Lions did a great job. Yeah, I agree. And at the end of the day, you know, people talk about reaches and stuff on draft night. At the end of the day, if these guys perform on your roster, nobody cares where they ended up getting drafted. They just care that they turned out to be great players. Yeah, you say it all the time. After the draft's done, it's all about who are the best, who's the best players on the field. When you go to practice, how are they performing and whoever performs the best, if a six round pick performs better than a first round pick, and you saw it even with the bills, you know, last year, Christian Benford was, you know, we thought Kyrie Lam was going to, you know, start with our first round corner. And then, you know, they end up working with Benford. Yeah. I mean, case in point, at the end of the day, you can throw the, you know, where they got picked out the window, quality of player. And if you show out in training camp, you're going to get a chance to play. So going over to the Green Bay Packers, Joe, what grade did you give them? I gave the Packers a B plus. I I think they did, uh, you know, pretty good. They got ended up with pretty good players here. I thought they did, you know, a decent job filling uh, holes in the roster that they had and upgrading them. I like the pick of Lucas Van Ness. You know, that'll definitely help the them on the edge with the pass rush alongside Rashawn Gary. You know, Musgrave's an interesting tight end. You know, they lose uh, Robert Tunyon in free agency. So Musgrave should be able to, you know, fill in as the number one tight end there. Although it's interesting in the third round, they also went with Tucker Craft at tight end. 
So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize those two guys. And then I like the uh, Jaden Reed's an interesting wide receiver out of Michigan State that they also picked up in the second round as well. Yeah, I gave the Packers an A minus. Packers always try to build through the draft. Really like the Lucas Van Ness selection. They needed a pass rusher desperately across of Rashawn Gary. They've had Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Preston Smith isn't getting any younger. And then Rashawn Gary is coming back from an ACL tear. So Van Ness was great because he was best play available and fits a need for them. You know, you, some could say you could have had Jackson Smith and Jigba, but we know the Packers just don't take a skilled player uh, in the first round of draft. That's just what they do and they stick to their strategy. But I really like what they did in round two. I like Jaden Reed a lot. Also, Luke Musgrave. I think both have a lot of talent. And, you know, I understand what you're saying about Tucker Craft, but, you know, that tight end room is completely bare. <laughs> they needed to replenish it. And this was probably, you know, at least Daniel Jeremiah has said that this was one of the best tight end drafts in decades. So I think you could possibly see both of these guys contributing for the Packers. And, you know, Jordan Love, he's not a rookie by any means, but he's never, you know, had a full season under his belt. So he could definitely be relying on these guys in the middle of the field. Yeah, he definitely can. You know, I always say a tight end is a young quarterback's best best friend and a bit of a safety blanket for him if they get in trouble. So heading over to the last team in the NFC North, Joe, what grade did you give the Chicago Bears? I gave the Bears a B minus. Um, you know, I think Darnell Wright, I think, was a fine pick for him to upgrade the offensive line. Uh, you know, I, as I mentioned before, I still think it's curious they trade out of there and let the let the Eagles, you know, take the guy they potentially were interested in at the first pick. But I think, uh, you know, with them trading out of it, clearly they didn't want Jalen Carter, which is kind of interesting because after the Darnell Wright pick, they go with uh, – Dexter, defensive tackle out of Florida. You know, it's like if you're going to go defensive tackle, why not get potentially, you know, the best guy in the draft, uh, Jalen Carter? But maybe they just decided he wasn't going to fit their locker room and wasn't going to be able to get get him to, you know, put in the work and benefit because it's kind of one of the downfalls on him is the fact that he kind of takes plays off. And I think uh, Philly's a way better situation for him as well as from a player standpoint. See, I was a little bit harder on the Bears than you were, Joe. I actually gave them a C. They got a haul from the Carolina Panthers after they did the trade down with them. You know, the Panthers move up, took Bryce Young. You know, the Bears moved down to pick nine. They had Jalen Carter in right at their disposal. They could select him right there. They put it in the car. They should rush the car to the podium, and yet they trade back a spot and give it to the Philadelphia Eagles, who was the representative of the NFC. Like, if nothing else, just think about it from a defensive mindset, right? You know, like, obviously, like, you know, like offensive, you know, you're, you're trying to – I'm not saying about it in regards to the <laughs> positions. I'm talking about just from a strategy standpoint, right? Like, I want to play defense against the best team in the, you know, in the NFC. Why am I going to give them the best player overall in this entire draft, possibly? You know, like it, it doesn't really make a lot of logic to me. So you had him, and then, you, like you said, you go ahead and get Gervin Dexon Sr. and then Zach Pickens, which is, I mean, okay, they're they're decent players, but these guys are going to have to develop. They're not the talent that Jalen Carter is. So obviously defensive tackle was a position they were prioritizing in the draft. Why not just take Jalen Carter? So that's my big one big squash with them. The second is, 
you took Darnell Wright at pick 10. Some didn't even regard him as the best offensive tackle. So I, I, a lot of the mocks I saw, which again, like you said, Joe, there's a difference between real and mock. But, you know, he was kind of in the mid-late first round. So to me, it's it was a reach of a pick at pick 10. And then the rest of the draft, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some decent players I kind of like, like Noah Sewell, linebacker out of Oregon. That'll be kind of interesting, probably special teams, but it'll be interesting to see what he does there. And I like the Roshan Johnson pick, but again, they should have taken a running back earlier. That, that, that to me is like you let David Montgomery go, you have Phil Herbert, why not draft a running back sooner? I, I just, at the end of the day, I feel like the Bears had so much opportunity for this draft class. The Panthers just gave them so much ammunition and they just laid out a goose egg. Yeah. I mean, they must have liked what they seen out of Darnell Wright and felt like he fits, you know, maybe their offensive scheme better than the other offensive tackles. But, I, but I'm with you. I mean, if you're just going from a, you know, best player standpoint, I, I know it's hard to argue with Jalen Carter should have been the pick, but unless they just really were concerned that they weren't going to be able to, you know, handle him and get the most out of him, you know, that's the only thing I can think of there. But I agree with you. Noah Sewell was also interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how Roshan Johnson does with uh, in in that backfield. I get what you're saying, but Matt Eberflus is a defensive head coach. You would think that with his leadership, he would be able to pull in the reins and figure out a way to maximize Carter's talent while also, you know, work alongside him and make sure that all those other issues aren't happening. Maybe they just had him off their board because of, you know, the possible character issues, you know, and off the field conduct. Totally probably was the case because I can't see why they would have done the trade otherwise. But, you know, He's had success, you know, Eberfus has with guys like DeForest Buckner, a defensive tackle. So he knows how to develop these guys. Buckner didn't lose a beat when he got traded from the 49ers to the Colts. And I'm pretty sure Eberfus was pounding on the table for the Colts to make that trade and told Ballard we need to get this guy when they did make that trade, you know, so long ago. So to me, that I don't know. I just I hear what you're saying, and I think it's it, you're probably right, but I just it's a criticism for me because I think that they could have done better. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely fair criticism. I mean, every mock had Jalen Carter going one to the Bears when they had the first-round pick. Then, you know, Jalen Carter is there at nine, and you just assume he's going to be the pick. But, um, you know, Eberflus must feel pretty confident that he can develop Dexter and, and Pickens and turn them into something. Maybe they he just likes their work ethic and things like that. Well, one other thing I'm going to mention, again, we've been talking about this for a while. Everybody wants to say, you got to trade down. You got to trade down. It's the best thing to do is to trade down. And I don't disagree that necessarily, you know, you trade down, you collect more picks, you get more value, you get, you get more darts to throw at the dartboard, right? Because at the end of the day, some could say that it's a crapshoot as to, you know, you pick these players and, you know, there's busts all the time who are drafted early and they don't pan out. But you have to make those picks, you trade back and you end up eventually having to make them. I like that they require DJ more. I think that's great. But with what they did with the picks that were given to them, I think that they squashed their opportunity. And that's why I'm as harsh as I am with them because I think they had so much opportunity on the table and they just they didn't capitalize on it. 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what's fun about this is uh, time will tell. You know, I can go back and see if uh, your criticism was too harsh or, you know, or if it was fair. Absolutely. So transitioning over to the NFC South, Joe, what grade did you give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I give the Buccaneers a B plus. Uh, you know, I like in the first round they were able to get Elijah Cansey. You know, they really needed to uh, um, add some guys in the defensive interior, and I, I like his I like his ability there to definitely fill what they need in that in that position. And then uh, Cody Mock, you know, it's a guy out of North Dakota State. You know, people might not know him, but I I, I like this guy. I saw some highlights on him. He just got that nasty factor at offensive tackle, which was a position I thought they might address in the first round, but come back and get this guy in the second round. I, I like that pick as well. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of Cody Mock. <laughs> I know when we were watching the NFL draft, you're like, come on, have him go to the Broncos. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I gave them a C plus. I like, and, and honestly, the two players that you mentioned to me are the highlights. I think Kalaji can see decent value, maybe a little bit higher than I expected. Um, they did draft Logan Hall last year, um, I think in the mid round. So now they're going back again to that you know, to the defensive tackle position. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what that will look like for them with Cansey and Hall. And then I agree with you. I like the pick of, of Cody Locke. I think he's a, he's a, like you say, the nasty offensive lineman. I think, I think he'd be really great. But for me after that, I, I think it really, there really wasn't much to behold here. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really see, I, I think it's those two players. I know some people like that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just, at, at the end of the day for me, uh, those two guys are the highlights, and that's why I gave him a C plus. Yeah, I think Diaby, you know, is, is interesting. Um, I also think, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how they develop uh, Payne Durham. I mean, he's a big tight end out of Purdue. Um, made a, was able to make a lot of plays for them and was huge in the red zone. So I'm curious to see how they potentially use them. You know, with whether it be Baker um, or Trask there. And then I also think uh, the, you know, Trey Palmer wide receiver they got in the sixth round out of Nebraska. I think he was an interesting pick as well. Transitioning over to the Carolina Panthers, Joe, what grade did you give them? I gave the Panthers an A minus. Um, obviously, they had the big move of trading all the way up to the first pick and get their guy in in Bryce Young. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. I, I'm not the hugest uh, Bryce Young fan, but. You know, they traded up and got their guy. I knew David Tepper, their owner, was going to be very aggressive in trying to get his franchise quarterback and wasn't going to just continue down this road of, um, you know, not having not having a quarterback and not being able to have a competitor at the position. And I also – I like their pick of Jonathan Mingo. Um, you know, the wide receiver room, after, especially after trading DJ Moore, definitely needed an upgrade. And I think he's got a uh, – it's capable of being – a an explosive player for them. Yeah, so for me, I was just looking over this draft class. I, I decided to give the Carolina Panthers an A. I am a Bryce Young believer, and to me, yes, they gave up a ton to get him. But if he ends up being the franchise single caller and he ends up being you know one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, then it was all worth it. So I know a lot of people are, you know, you're a loser because they traded up, but if they get their guy, they get their guy. And it makes so much sense. There's so much synergy with, with the owner, Pepper. You know, he's been wanting a, a franchise guy for a long time. And then you got Frank Reich, who 
you know, was on a quarterback carousel in Indianapolis and wanted to get off it. So now they get to develop a guy in Bryce Young. That coaching staff is phenomenal, probably one of the best I've seen in regards to a first-year, you know, head coaching staff. So I think Bryce Young is going to have all the support he needs. And so to me, that's a part of the reason why I give him this grade. And then I also like the Jonathan Mingo pick. He's definitely an interesting player, guy who rose up the draft boards. We heard more and more about him, you know, later on in the process. He's, he's a different build than a lot of these other receivers. He's, you know, interestingly enough, he went to Ole Miss and some people compared him to A.J. Brown <laughs> because of the, the build. And obviously A.J. Brown went to Ole Miss as well. But great opportunity there, you know, for him to possibly uh, end up getting a, a role in that offense. It will be interesting, though. It, it kind of tells me that the jury is out on <laughs> Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chenault because – you know, they brought in Adam Thielen, they brought in DJ Shark, they drafted Johnson Mingo, and then they also have the Viscusha Nolan and Terrace Marshall. So the training camp battles and who's going to end up winning the job at the wide receiver position for the Panthers will be very interesting. And, you know, and I think Bryce Young may start with the, the second team reps, probably Dalton saved with the first team reps, which means, you know, he might be getting, you know, more opportunity to be, you know, practicing with, the likes of Jonathan Mingo, maybe a Terrace Marshall. So should be very interesting to see which receiver Young has the most chemistry with. Yeah, I disagree with you there. You do not make this move to trade up to the one pick for Bryce Young to be working with the second teamers. I, he's going to go in and start right away. I don't – I mean, as you mentioned, there's no way Tepper made this aggressive move and is going to want to watch Andy Dalton on the field. He's going to want to see what Frank Reich – and these guys are gonna draw up for Bryce Young, and I, you know, he'll be running with the first teamers right, right from the jump. See, I, I think he will be the starting quarterback week one, but the NFL culture is never we're, we're handing you the keys to the car; like you have to earn it. So to me, when, like when you're the number one pick, you get handed the keys to the car. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true though? Because I feel like in other situations, like they still had to compete in training camp to end up, you know, end up winning winning the job, so to speak. I don't know. I mean, if Baker Mayfield can go out and right away start, I don't see why Bryce Young can't. <laughs> so, Joe, going over to the New Orleans Saints, what grade did you give them? I give the Saints a B minus. Um, you know, I thought they had a you know pretty solid draft. Brian Brezzi is a interesting pick, a defensive tackle they got, um, along with Yafoski. Uh, He's an interesting player. I just read in Notre Dame. Uh, I know some people really like him. And then, you know, they got Kendra Miller in the third round. He's a guy I really like out of TCU. Um, feel like not a lot of people talked about him, but he was just ultra productive. And with everything going on with Elvin Kamara, I think this was a good fit for Kendra Miller. Yeah, I had a little more criticism for the Saints. I ended up giving them a C plus. I think Brian Bruzzi is a fine player, and boy, do they need interior defensive line help, especially with letting David Anyamata, you know, leave in free agency. But you had teams that were blowing up your phone, wanting to trade up to go and select Will Levis in the first round. You probably could have got a, a, a huge amount of value for trading down. And I think they probably could have made their way up into the second round to get Brian Bruzzi if that was their guy and they really wanted him. But to me, you got to take the trade down option there. Bruzzi at that point in the draft 
was not like, oh, like, how is he there? We have to select him. This was where we were possibly expecting him to be drafted. And I think they probably could have got him in the second round. I think he would have passed through there. So to me, you take the trade down option, you let whoever wants to come in and trade up to get Will Levis, and you probably could have got a boatload of picks. So to me, that's a part of my criticism with the Saints. The Foskey pick, I think, in my opinion, was a little bit of a reach. Uh, you know, so we'll see if he ends up, uh, you know, doing well. They really have not had much success drafting edge rushers, uh, you know, ever since they drafted Cam Jordan. Um, you know, they end up, you know, doing that really interesting trade, which you don't normally see uh, when they went ahead and traded not one, but two first round picks for Marcus Davenport showed some flashes, but really just, you know, ended up being washed out for the team and then drafted Peyton Turner. He really hasn't turned into anything either. So I'll be curious to see how they develop Isaiah Foskey. I like the Kendra Miller pick, but then I'm confused by what did they do with bringing in Jamal Williams? Are they going to cut? Alvin Kamara, are they moving away from him? It's going to be Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams. I just question, you know, when is Kendra Miller going to see the field with Kamara and Jamal Williams? I like Miller a lot, but as you and I have talked about in the past, when it comes to the running back position, their value is in their rookie contract. After that rookie contract goes, after they've been in the NFL for, you know, four, you know, five-ish years before years, right? Then it's like, okay, we might need to turn the page and get another running back. So I don't know. I just, I I question whether they will, how quickly will they use him? If they use him early, I think that's great. But I guess I'm a little bit questioning of of how their decisions overall for their roster. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think Kamara could be a post-June one cut here. um, And I think they could easily move off of him and I and recoup some cap savings there. And then you got Kendra Miller and, and Jamal Williams in the backfield. But, you know, I don't think, as you mentioned, you know, the trade down is an option. I don't think anybody was blowing up these people, these teams, this phone and blowing them away with offers because none of these teams traded out of the, their picks and went into the second round. So I think if the Saints would have been blown away, I think they would have traded down. But since they didn't, I don't think anyone was really offering anything significant because, I mean, they didn't trade out. The Eagles at 30 didn't, and, you know, neither did the Chiefs with the last pick. So heading over to the Atlanta Falcons, Joe, what grade did you give them? Gave the Falcons a B. Um, you know, I, obviously they got Bijan Robinson, best running back in this draft. Still, you know, interesting, you know, that they went – uh, running back in the top 10, you know, haven't always seen that that work out with the early draft capital of a running back. So it'll be curious to see now that we've actually seen one. Uh, it's been a while since Saquon Barkley that we saw go in the top 10. So it'll be interesting to see how it works with B. John Robinson. I do think it's a good spot for him. But I, I did like their pick of, uh, you know, Matt Bergeron in the second round. There's a guy who's getting some buzz of possibly being a first-round pick at at tackle he also has the ability to play inside as well um at center or guard so it'll be interesting to see how they end up using them yeah i ended up giving the atlanta falcons a b plus i really like the b john robinson pick i think b john robinson might have been even a better prospect than saquon barkley he's a do-it-all back all-purpose back he's going to fit exactly what arthur smith wants to do for that offense and honestly this might be his last i mean i'm 
pretty critical of Arthur Smith, but this might be his, uh, you know, make it or break it year. So bringing in a guy like Robinson and honestly, the, the NFC South is wide open. I mean, wide open. It's probably the worst division in football. I, you know, I don't know who is going to end up winning that division. That'll be interesting. Uh, but you know, who knows, maybe the Falcons can really turn things around. I know they've made a ton of free agent moves and then obviously this draft class. And then, you know, you didn't mention him, but I really like Zach Harrison, Zach Harrison at the edge out of Hawaii state. He was, there was talks about him going in the first round as of like the, back in like September, you know, when we were projecting, you know, who could possibly be in the first round in the 2023 mock draft. And he was a very talented player. He just never put it all together at Ohio state, but obviously there's a huge pedigree of edge rushers from Ohio state uh, that have done well and have, you know, but some of them are the best pass rushers in the whole NFL. So Obviously, there's some work that needs to be done. He's not going to automatically, I don't think, day one, you know, do be a you know elite player. I think it's going to take some time to develop him. But he's a project, and I think it's a worthy project for them to, you know, invest in because their edge rushers are abysmal. They need one really, really badly. And, uh, you know, getting him on the third round, I think, is a very interesting pick. Yeah, it definitely was a position of, you know, need for them. Um, interesting. They didn't, they didn't honestly didn't address that, uh, you know, sooner, but hard to argue with them going, uh, you know, offensive tackle with the second round pick. I mean, really they, they would have probably, but the edge rushers that were on the board would have been a reach for him at pick eight. So it makes sense that they take a flyer on a guy in the third round. So transitioning over to the NFC West, Joe, what grade did you give the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, I gave them a, a C minus, you know, uh, with the, with the picks that, they did have, you know, it's kind of rough when you start the draft in the third round, but then very interesting. They take Jake Moody in the third, you know, their second pick in the third round. I get that they don't have that many needs on their team, but just interesting, you know, haven't really seen a kicker go that high. I know we saw the kicker a few years ago out of Florida State who just turned out to be a bust. That was also a high pick. So it'll be curious how it works out. Even though I, you know, I like Jake Moody, it was pretty much automatic at Michigan. Just, you know, really interesting pick when you don't have that many and you're starting off in the third round to use your second pick on a kicker. Yeah, I ended up giving the 49ers a C minus also. I like Jair Brown a lot, uh, at the safety out of Penn State. I don't know if you think even Daniel Jeremiah mentioned him as his top safety prospect. So I think obviously Hafunga came on the scene last year. But I think there's definitely opportunity for the other safety spot uh, for Jair Brown to possibly become the starter there. Um, they did lose Jimmy Ward. He went over to the Houston Texans. So that'll be really interesting to see what he can do there. And I'm with you with the criticism on Moody. Uh, you know, you know better than me. I mean, you watched all the Michigan games. It sounds like he's a, a you know fabulous kicker. But, you know, man, being drafting him in the third round, pick 99, that's really early. I know – Obviously, they trade a ton of these picks, you know, by, you know, with, to get Christian McCaffrey, which obviously, you know, he was great for them. But why did you trade for kicker Zane Gonzalez? I mean, that's confusing to me. Like, okay, Zane Gonzalez has been a starter and kicker in this league. So you go ahead and trade for Zane Gonzalez, but then you go ahead and draft a kicker in the third round. It's very puzzling. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I guess it's uh, just to be a competitive kicking room, I guess. Uh, you know, it's, you're not just handing a rookie the job. He's going to have to 
you know, beat out a veteran for that position, I guess. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's head scratcher. Um, you know, I felt like you probably could have taken a kicker, you know, with their, one of their fifth round picks, uh, didn't necessarily have to do that in the third round, but you know, if, if Jake Moody, I mean, he has a talented kicker, maybe it works out for him. So Joe heading over to the Seattle Seahawks, what grade did you give them? Yeah, I gave the Seahawks an A minus. You know, I like what they did with the draft. Um, I, you know, I like Devin Witherspoon. Thought they'd end up going with Jalen Carter. You know, I guess uh, just they felt like it wasn't a fit for him. But they got Devin Witherspoon. I, I liked him. I thought he was the best corner in the draft. Solid pick there at number five. And then them being able to get Jackson Smith and Jigba at twenty was huge. You know. I've, He's potentially can definitely help him in the slot, but Tyler Lockett's not getting any younger. Definitely can help fill fill that role. He's just such a pure route runner and a you know a real talented wide receiver. And so really surprised he didn't end up going you know anywhere from that twelve or somewhere in the teens. So for them to get him at twenty, I thought was great value for him. Yeah, I gave the Seattle Seahawks a B plus. I think a part of my criticism with them is you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier with the Bears. They just had so much to their disposal. They had so many picks. Just felt like they could have done a little bit better than what they did. I really like the Jackson Smith and Jigba pick. Like you said, Lockett's getting not getting any younger. So I think, you know, he'll be a great talent for them. It'll be interesting because they've never really had, from my recollection, they've never really had like three receivers. It's usually always been two guys. You know, you had Metcalf and Lockett. Before that, it was Lockett and Baldwin. You know, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what does that offense look like with three receivers? You know, they drafted that, uh, you know, Eskridge, you know, receiver, and but he's never really – he hasn't panned out. So I, I'm curious if they'll win a lot of three receiver sets because they didn't really do that very much. And then – I like the Zach Charbonnet pick. I just think it's kind of a puzzling pick. When you went ahead and you drafted Kenneth Walker last year in the second round, for you to go right back and draft another running back in Zach Charbonnet, when Kenneth Walker had a pretty impressive rookie season, I know you know Pete Carroll may you know like using both running backs, so maybe it's more of like a ugh, from a fantasy standpoint, um, you know how are you going to use those backs? And so I don't know. I just I think. And then I like Devin Witherspoon, but I would have rather them taken a Jalen Carter. Uh, I think I think Pete Carroll could have really done a lot with him. Really surprised that they passed up on him. Yeah, I was too, especially with their ability to hit on cornerbacks late in the draft, like they did Tariq Wollin last year. Um, you know, that definitely was a surprise. And yeah, I think, you know, the Zach Charbonnet pick, I think it is, you know, as a dynasty or fantasy people, we would have loved to see him go elsewhere and not be with Kenneth Walker, but from a strictly NFL standpoint and, you know, Pete Carroll in that offense, he loves having two backs and he's got two talented backs at his disposal now for them to use. And it'll be interesting to see how they use both of them. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's interesting because they don't typically have three receiver sets. They went against their total, their typical philosophy. And like you said, they drafted Richard Sherman late. They drafted Browner late. They drafted Tariq Woolenly, and they've all done really well. So for them to take a corner at the, at the fifth pick overall is definitely different than what they normally do. The other thing I'd like to mention real quick here is I like what Geno Smith did last year. It's a great story. But can he lead you to a Super Bowl? I think for me that's where I would have liked them to possibly get a quarterback. You know, they could have – I mean, maybe they tried to trade up to three and possibly get Richardson – 
you know, maybe their hands were handcuffed. But, you know, I would have thought Will Levis would have been kind of an interesting selection for them. Maybe they just didn't like him. But, you know, with all those picks that they have, you know, Seahawks are going to be a good team this year. Probably I would think they're going to make the playoffs, but if not, they're going to be right on the bubble. So they're not going to be, you know, picking very early. So, you know, it should be interesting to see, you know, how they figure out that, that franchise quarterback moving forward. Yeah, that's a fair point. You know, I think Will Levis is, you know, he's kind of a project guy. You know, I think it was, I think uh, one of the smarter moves would have been for them um, is maybe use one of their second round picks and would have taken um, Hendon Hooker. I think, you know, this would have been a good team for him. Uh, he's recovering from the ACL. They got Geno for this year. Let him sit behind and watch Geno, and then he would have been ready to take over for him. And, you know, like you said, he's he probably has more potential to lead the Seahawks to the Super Bowl than Geno Smith does. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I need to think about that with, with Hendon Hooker. So heading over to the L.A. Rams, Joe, what grade did you give them? I gave the Rams a B plus. Um, you know, they didn't have a pick till the second round. I like their Steve Avila pick. Um, he was a talented guard and high, highly rated offensive line lineman player. Some people had a potential first round grade on the guy. So start the draft off and they really need to address that offensive line. I mean, that's what killed them last year. Stafford had absolutely no time at all to throw the ball. They couldn't get any push in the run game. So, Steve Avila, you know, is a good player and really is a need to help them along. And then uh, they've really just kind of, you know, tra- had to trade a lot of pieces away, you know, due to them just going for it and trading away all their picks and being active in free agency. So I feel like a lot of the rest of the draft was just them getting some good depth pieces on defensive line and offense as well. Yeah, when it comes to the Rams, I gave them a B minus. Uh, you know, it probably was the most amount of picks we've seen the Rams take in quite some time. But I do like the Avila pick. I, I think it was much needed, the offensive line help. So I like that. But for me, it was their late round picks that I actually really liked. I think Stetson Bennett in the fourth round to back up Matthew Stafford, both went to Georgia. You know, Stetson Bennett definitely has some moxie. So you would think that Sean McVay, who – you know, as this quarterback guru, you know, will be able to, you know, tame, you know, Stetson Bennett. So, uh, I mean, I think it's a little overrated, but that's another story for another day when it comes to Sean McVay. But then the other picks I really liked, I liked the, the Puka Nakua pick, wide receiver out of BYU. I thought that was great value for them in the fifth round. And that wide receiver room is pretty bare. They traded away Allen Robinson. Where are those vacated targets going to go? Would be really interesting to see how he develops. And then I really liked Zach Evans running back out of Ole Miss. Uh, you know, he was a guy that uh, was very talented, was a five-star high school recruit, never really, you know, ended up being the player that we thought he would be in college. But definitely think that he has traits in that running back room. I know they've got Cam Akers in there, but we know that Cam Akers was in the doghouse last year. And I don't know what's going on with him and that team. So I don't really trust Cam Akers. They cut Darnell Henderson. I think Evans, you know, I think partially because of, you know, whether it's how he fit with the coaching staff or whether he was a tough player to coach or, you know, different injuries or what have you, you know, I think that's why Zach Evans slid. But I think him in the sixth round, he'll be a very interesting player, uh, you know, in, you know, for the Rams next year. Yeah. Yeah. He will be an interesting player to monitor. I mean, um, 
And I do think, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett pick was interesting. I, I think this is a great landing spot for him to being able to work with McFay and, you know, get a chance. Cause I don't know how much longer Stafford is going to, going to play. Honestly, I don't know why he doesn't just retire and why he's coming back and risking his injury, but that's for another discussion as well. <laughs> yeah. You and I feel very similar on that topic, <laughs> but uh, heading over to the last team in the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals, Joe, what grade did you give them? Yeah, I gave the Cardinals an A, you know, I actually liked their, liked their draft and players they were able to get, you know, um, Paris Johnson is a, you know, should be a good offense tackle for them. They desperately needed offensive line help, you know, protecting, being able to protect Kyler Murray or whoever's going to start the season at quarterback if he's not recovered in time. Then they were able to get old Jalari as an edge rusher, another position that they really need with, you know, especially losing Zach Allen and JJ Watt, um, you know, and then they don't have Chandler Jones anymore either. So it's a position that they definitely needed to fill. I liked their pick of Garrett Williams in the third round. You know, he's a guy that, with if he wasn't injured, potentially could have gone in the first round. Um, I, I like his ability and definitely should be a help for them on offense. And then I'm also interested in uh, Michael Wilson to see how he turns out from Stanford. You know, he was there for a while. Uh, he was a grad student. Um, doesn't have the most production, but, it, you know, just watching some of his highlights in this tape, he's definitely shown flashes and should get an opportunity on this uh, Cardinals offense. Interesting. See, I didn't give them as a favorable grade as you did. I gave the Cardinals a B minus. I do think that them collecting a first round pick next year from the Houston Texans is, is pretty valuable. So that, that was pretty great that they were able to do that. That means they're going to have their first and the Houston Texans first next year. So, you know, the Arizona Cardinals could possibly dominate <laughs> next year's draft. So that, that was good for them. But then, you know, I like the Paris Johnson pick, but I think it was a little rich for me based on where they drafted. I thought it was pretty high. I think they drafted need over value there um, as far as, like, best available. Ojolari is a very interesting player. I like the pick. Definitely is who they needed uh, at edge rusher. So, you know, happy with that pick. The one pick that I I do like that you didn't mention was that I think will be really interesting is quarterback Clayton Toon out of Houston. Uh, I'd heard a lot of really good things about him and him possibly being a surprise player. And, you know, with Kyler Murray being out, you could see Clayton Toon, which is hard to believe, but possibly the starting quarterback week one, um, unless it's Colt McCoy. I, I don't really understand what on earth they're doing, you know, as far as in, in, in the interim, because Kyler Murray is not going to start week one. So who is it going to be? So maybe it's Clayton Toon. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, I think we'll get a sense of, you know, did they come out and really trying to compete? Because I think if that's the case, they, you know, roll out Colton McCoy. But, you know, who knows? It's a, it's a new coaching staff, uh, new people in the front office. It'll be interesting to see, like you said, what, you know, what happens there in the meantime while Carly Murray's healing up. So that concludes our NFL draft grades for every NFC team. If you enjoyed this content, we ask you to please like this video to show your support. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also recently have joined Apple and Spotify podcasts so you can follow us there as well. Before we get going, we are asking you to write in the comments below which NFC team do you think had the best NFL draft. Thank you so much for watching, and until next time.